Welcome to episode 3 of And What Else with me, Wendy O'Byrne, also known as The Completion Coach. Now in the last episode, we were talking about false benefits compared to true benefits. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. And we also talked about where The Completion Coach came from, what it started as and what it's became. So through the work that I discussed in the last episode of understanding where people were operating from, what was driving behavior, I was able to really see the things that we don't complete on, the things that we don't push ourselves to want and have in real life, the things that we're always delaying, are the things that we're most afraid of for some reason within us about who we are where we feel incomplete, where we are looking for something external to complete us, to make us feel something that we don't feel quite naturally. So completion coaching now is about that, understanding on what level our protection is kicking in and that protective behavior is creating what looks like a really good benefit, but what is actually a false benefit. A false benefit is what feels good now, but won't help me long term. A false benefit to something if we look at behaviors we don't understand, at situations that seem illogical, the things that frustrate us. You know, perhaps you're in debt and are booking a holiday on your credit card as we speak. Perhaps you are waiting for that next delivery. Perhaps you struggle with addictive behavior and At the moment, something has emotionally triggered you, activated you. And even though we know the behavior of whatever addictive behavior it is, whether that's through scrolling, whether that's alcohol, whether that's spending, whether that's gambling, whether it's any of the things that become very addictive by nature, is offering you a false benefit right now. Even though it is destructive to what you want, It is offering you something right now which feels like it is better than dealing with what you want. Feeling being the operative word and emotionally activated being the operative words. These aren't logical responses. These aren't people going, I know what I'll do. (laughs) I know what will be a great idea. This is people fighting an urge, but still doing it regardless. And that is highly driven, in my opinion, I might add, in the work that I've done with people, by an immediate reward, an immediate false benefit, which is right now what this will offer me is something that will soothe and allow me to avoid my emotions. And once I've avoided that and numbed for long enough, I can come back and deal with the consequences of this behavior, which is better than me dealing with the emotions that I'm dealing with right now. So even though the behavior and the way of being can be very frustrating to watch, to understand in people that we love, to understand in ourselves, when we recognize that that is offering a false benefit right now, which is so much stronger than what feels like the benefit of going on and dealing with the thing that actually needs to be dealt with, then there is an understanding of why people do things that are detrimental to them on repeat. I've used quite an extreme there with an addictive behavior for some people, 
However, if we translate that to anything, if we take into account any behavior that you are looking at is a behavior, especially a generalized behavior, which I'm going to talk about next, that is offering a false benefit right now, which allows you to not deal with the long-term benefit. So on that basis, what we'll use as examples, because they're very popular, is people saying, I'm procrastinating. What can I do? I'm useless with time. I can't get anything done. People need too much from me. Work demand too much from me. My plate is full. I'm exhausted. I'm trying to get this done. I really want to do it for me. I really want it to be important to me. But this is the problem. And I'm procrastinating. Procrastination is the generalized top level that people are willing to look at. And so they'll bring that as the issue to work on. The reality is the procrastinating has a benefit. And when I ask clients, what is the benefit of the thing they're procrastinating about not existing? What is the benefit of this not being about being completed, being out there? What is the benefit to you never doing this? And when people sit with that question, there's often silence. (laughs) But when we go into just asking and gently probing with curiosity again what that is, then people will realize the benefit of that is I can't be judged. People can't laugh at me. I can't admit that I feel like I don't have a right to make that, that I'm not good enough. I don't have to deal with the fact that I think people will think it's silly. I don't have to deal with the fact that I think I've got a nerve. (laughs) Who do I think I am? I don't have to deal with all of those things. So procrastinating is giving a false benefit, but it's also giving us a great distraction because now you're focused on time. You're focused on the use of your time. You're focused on the drain of your time and you're not dealing with why you are so happy to allow those things to happen and why procrastinating is a topic you're happy to discuss, to tell people about and what's actually underneath that that's diverting you from gets ignored, which is another false benefit. The benefit of actually working on the fact that you may not feel good enough, that you may feel like this will be ridiculed, that you will be ridiculed, The fact that you fear that you are not worth anybody being able to see something you've done. That if you do, in some way, you will be rejected. Another way that this shows up and a popular distraction is people that say, I'm a perfectionist. I'm busy getting this perfect. I can't help it. I'm a perfectionist. Wendy, give it to me and I'll just tweak it a bit more and we'll just get it a little bit better. What I say to all perfectionists is what are you avoiding? What does chasing perfectionism in your mind allow you to avoid in your feelings? Having a chat with me is always great fun. (laughs) But I remember saying this at a talk. I remember saying, put your hand up if you're a perfectionist and seeing these hands fly up and these big giddy grins and people like, yes, that's me. And I said, you're all avoiders. And if you can accept that you are avoiding something and that this is your permission slip to do that, you're not a perfectionist, you're an avoider. 
how does that feel? And the, just the shift in the room, the amount of people I'm sure that were just like, she is not my cup of tea. <laughs> I do not want to listen to her anymore. Because it wasn't, you're brilliant, let's crack on, which empowerment can sometimes be seen as. But it was taking a subject that they could feel some pride in, a distraction technique. I'm a perfectionist. I can't help it. I just, just let me get it right. Let me get it right. Is a great avoidance technique that is giving you a false benefit. I'm a good person that likes to get things right. I care about detail. I care that it's absolutely perfect for people. When in reality, we can't get it absolutely perfect unless the product is for one person. If it is something that's to be sold, given, or shown to many people, which most things are, then some people will love it. Some people will not give two hoots either way. And some people will hate it. And so perfect can't exist other than through the eyes of you. And so what perfectionism is creating and allowing you is to avoid going in and asking, why do I not think that what I do is good enough to be out there? And what do I not think I can handle about people seeing the completed item? Why do I think it could never be adjusted? Why I couldn't receive feedback on it? Why am I so avoidant to receiving feedback and keep it so secret to myself? What is it about feedback that makes me feel bad? What is it about me that doesn't believe I should be creating this? And another way of doing that, if you were to close your eyes right now, is to let these words run through you. I'm a perfectionist. I've got low self-esteem. One of them feels better than the other, right? And so we will run with the one that we're quite happy talking about, that we're quite happy having people think about us, whereas the other one we're not. And actually, if we can go in and look at that, and I'm not saying every perfectionist has low self-esteem, but I am saying to everybody that uses the term, I'm a perfectionist, that's not doing anything as a result of that. There's no progress being made, nothing being seen, nothing actually happening, then go in and ask what it is that this idea of perfect is protecting you from doing, receiving, or knowing about. What is the distraction of perfectionism giving you? And that's where we explore, and what else? Because, you know, a quite famous line, I think it's from neuro-linguistic programming, is the presenting problem is never the problem. Whatever people use as this is the thing I want you to know, <laughs> it generally will never be the problem. But I do believe that shows up almost everywhere. You know, why we're not saying what we truly want to say, why we hold back so much of ourselves, why we are so happy to run with labels that aren't true, but can show up at times, why we are so distracted full stop. It's because it offers us something and that false benefit that's instant, that's now, allows us to stay away from dealing with the thing that's going to be a lot more uncomfortable, that we're not really happy to declare to ourselves, let alone anybody else, and where we don't really want to venture into to see what impact it's having and what it's preventing, 
And if we were to do that, then we might actually go ahead and do all of the things and be all of the things that we want to be. And then what? There's another layer (laughs) to that and one that we might not be ready to explore. So whenever we're giving ourselves a hard time, we're also usually giving ourselves a hard time for the wrong thing. We're chastising ourselves for something that's not completely true. And or we're blaming externals and other people because that again offers us a false benefit right now rather than looking at what our part to play in this is. And that's not to make ourselves the villain. That's not to make ourselves bad. But that's a very human nature way of being. And actually, the more that we can develop and understand this about ourselves, the joy side effect of that is not only do we become more accepting of ourselves and actually do the self-development, we don't just learn something, we understand it and we see it, but we start to recognize that other people aren't consistently attacking us. We understand that it's not always about us, that it's about that person's experience right now. It's giving room for all of us to have a bit more compassion for each other. And it allows us to move forwards rather than just repeating things, cycles, conversations, ways of being, and lets us truly expand to spread our roots, to understand ourselves, to be the very thing we talk about so much, authentic, without it feeling so weird, so disconnected, and so false. Even the word itself, you know, I'm being authentic, is causing... (laughs) Causing separation in people themselves is creating the idea that sometimes they're false and sometimes they're real. When really authenticity is knowing who you are for a start, knowing what you stand for, knowing what you're passionate about, knowing what brings you joy, knowing what you are capable of, not just being and doing, but expanding and going past. But it's also then just looking at what levels of you are valid in different environments. So the next topic, the next episode, we're going to be digging into authenticity and how that shows up personally and professionally and in different ways, rather than believing it's having to give all of us all of the time is the only way to be authentic, which is just too much, just too much to expect of yourself to always have to bring everything to everywhere. So being authentic is about getting to know yourself, understanding yourself, recognizing your capabilities beyond your judgment And understanding within that authenticity how, where, and when different levels of it are required and what that looks like for you. There's another podcast episode in itself. But for now, I'm going to say let's start adventuring into who you are right now. Not who you want to be, not who you've been, but who you are right now. What's showing up for you at the moment? What are the false benefits of the things that you are annoyed about that are stopping you? And also, what would really positively work in your favor? Why do you want what you want? And if you were to accept yourself right now, 
as somebody who is capable of doing the thing, but might have some underlying feelings about who they are to do it, about who they are to speak the way they want to, about who they are to want to be, present the way they want to, then maybe we could find out so much more about you. And in doing so, not only will we really look at your growth in a different way, but you will truly become authentic. You won't even have to think about it because you will have got to know yourself in such a different way with such depth and curiosity that growth is the only outcome. And that's exciting. So thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Any questions or feedback, please DM me on Instagram. I'm at The Completion Coach. Drop me an email, wendy at thecompletioncoach.co.uk. Hit subscribe. Let us know what you think about these episodes and we'll continue to layer them week on week and hope that you enjoy them. Thanks now.